0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Toyota Yaris Cross Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Yaris Cross. So is that a Yaris that's
1: angry, or is this a new Yaris that we have yet to experience in the
0: wild? Can we just very quickly mention that any references to drinking games will be suspended for the duration of this special edition, because otherwise you're going to be under the table by the time I've finished the exterior.
1: Yes, sorry. Uh, we sh- we should make that the new appendix rule. If there is a special edition about Toyota, we
0: have to suspend the drinking game. Yeah, yeah. Especially next week, uh, the next one of these that we do. Yes. Anyway, uh, what is the new Yaris Cross? The oh, it's not really been it's not that new now. Actually, it's been out for every year. We just hadn't driven it amazing <laughs> i know so it is so obviously toyota yaris b segment hatchback toyota yaris cross spelled c-r-o-s-s unlike the i go cross which we talked about recently well it's not after the youth then no it's it's not well it is it's supposed to be uh young professionals of course young professional ladies
1: ah but young professionals they've learned how to spell by then
0: well you would hope so wouldn't you or <laughs> use uh, autocorrect <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> But anyway, it is uh, the Toyota Yaris Cross. It is a B-segment SUV. So it is essentially a jacked-up Toyota Yaris. Jacking stuff up doesn't bother me that much. I know people are very much anti-SUV, but they do make a lot of sense. And, of course, the footprint isn't really uh, any greater than a standard B-segment hatchback, despite what. uh, So great big SUVs. Yeah, okay, big pinch of salt with that one, I'm afraid. Anyway, same platform, same lots of stuff as the multi award winning Yaris. In the UK, it's only available with a 1.5 litre hybrid powertrain connected to an epicyclic CVT, and it puts out 116 metric horses. All models have the same, have essentially the same powertrain. There is one variant that we shall come to shortly. Okay. Four trim levels are available. Icon Design, Excel, and Dynamic, ranging from £24,065 for the Icon up to £28,295 for the Excel. The Dynamic is fractionally cheaper, but it essentially goes Icon, Design, and then Excel and Dynamic are about the same. Dynamic is for... uh, Oh, what was the wording in the press release? Uh, It is for dynamic outdoors loving people and xl is more city-based people looking for a little more luxury or something it's along those lines i've I've, i'm paraphrasing grossly here all of those four trim levels are available as front wheel drive the dynamic is also available as all-wheel drive so it's the iawd system so i don't believe that there's a drive shaft going from front to rear it essentially just has in a second electric motor on the rear axle like the RAV4 does it is £30,375 for the all-wheel drive version that compares to £28,015 in front-wheel drive there is quite a significant cost to needing or wanting the all-wheel drive version but I can see plenty of places where it would be useful it also has multi-modes and stuff for traction
1: right so there is value in considering the all-wheel drive version for a b-segment suv
0: yes in perthshire they sell lots of them okay okay it's the perthshire edition as far as i'm concerned
1: Uh, but that's the thing because i obviously i would only see them around here Hmm. not much need for an all-wheel drive version but uh, there must be uh, some need somewhere, otherwise Toyota wouldn't have offered that option.
0: Exactly, and around Perth, for example, you see you still see four wheel drive versions of the Mocker and stuff selling. There is a demand. I know there was the previous generation Mocker. There was a four wheel drive version. You practically never see it in England. Oh certainly word. not here in the Midlands. What are, What have people done do. to deserve that? I, <laughs> I have no idea. But this is essentially the same the same segment. You can could, okay. could remember that worth mentioning and a bit of on the sort of motoring podcast nerdiness fact different trim levels mean there are varying amount of grams per kilometer per co2 the icon comes in at 100 the design is 102 the xl and dynamic front wheel drives come in at 112 and the dynamic all-wheel drive comes in at 115 that means your vehicle excise duty will vary depending on just so the same engine the same gearbox pretty much all the way up which means that the Icon comes in at £140 a year. Design comes in at £160 a year. uh, And all the other variants, including the all-wheel drive, come in at £180 a year because of the way that the banding works. It is overly complicated. Okay. Paint-wise, I don't have the list of all the colors. What? There are colors available. I know. I know. I'm sorry. You know the listeners love that. No, they don't. None of us like it.
1: No, you don't like it. I That's don't like the difference.
0: it. Yeah. Oh, goodness, I forgot that bit. Metallic paint costs £615. Pearlescent on the Icon Design and Excel models costs £920. And the two colours that that refers to are White Pearl and Scarlet flare. Scarlet flare's quite nice, actually. Yes. The Pearlescent on the Dynamic costs £305. Okay. I don't really know why. The car I had for a week uh, was an XL model in Silver Metallic with City Pack and Advanced Safety Packs, as well as the JBL Premium Sound System. That was £750 for the two packs combined of £450 for the JBL stereo, as well as, of course, the £615 for the very silver, Silver Paint. Okay. The Silver Paint being called Silver Metallic. That is the name of the colour.
1: Good, honest, what it says on the tin. I like Mm. that. So uh, as we go through things, will you confirm whether you feel they were worthy additions or not?
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. If I must, you must, you must. (laughs) (laughs) Come on then. Explain the exterior to anyone who hasn't seen one, because to be honest, I hadn't seen one until about a month, two months ago even though they've been out a while. And I have a local Toyota dealer. Considering what it is,
0: I would have expected to see more, to be honest, locally. You may just have not noticed them. Okay, so it looks like, you know when you're watching one of those sort of blue planet type documentaries or something, and there's the mummy and the daddy fish. And then a little bit later, there are lots of little baby fishes. So imagine the mummy and the daddy fish are the Toyota RAV4. The little baby fish is the Yaris Cross. It has a real vibe of cutesy sort of baby looks. And when I grow up, I want to be a RAV4 about it. I mean, it really is. I'm so glad the Toyota PR team have your phone number. I'm so scared they have my phone number. I think that that's perfectly reasonable. It is a baby RAV4. Not just in scale, but in looks. I like
1: the side profile and the rear of it. I think that it's really well resolved.
0: Mm. Have you been reading ahead in the notes, Andrew? No, I
1: haven't, actually. Okay. Because I came across, like I said, I came across one in a car park recently, and I spent a few minutes walking around it because, oh, hang on. I've not been up close to one of these. I I want to have a look.
0: It's the front end, I feel, is it needs a bit more tightening. It's a little ill-defined at the front. I think it's, you're right that it needs a bit of bit of tightening. It's got a bit of a weird overbite. I, I wish the grille was a bit more defined. Yeah. Which is a shame, but the side and the rear both look great. I mean, yes. there's lots of bits and pieces that are shared with the Yaris hatch. Uh, so the tail lights, the mirrors, all sorts of detaily bits like that are shared with the Yaris. The mirror is also shared with the Igo Cross as well. So lots of part sharing, door handles, all these kind of fun things. Are, which are makes total sense. Yeah, it does. Same. Uh, as we said, if you haven't listened to the Igo Cross Special Edition, then uh, one of the things we say there is they can all be built on the same assembly line. Yeah. Uh, Looks-wise as well, bit of cladding around the wheel arches, which we always like. It we do. It's from dunts and dings and gives it a little bit more grr. Uh, you see, you don't get that in There's also a bit of cladding up the sides, and it sort of tapers and rises towards the rear, which makes it look a little bit more sort of poised forward and dynamic, and also disguises any height of the doors and that kind of thing. Mm. I think, and the back it, looks good as well.
1: It does. It is. It is well resolved. I think they've managed to make it have curves and shapes and angles shapes yes shapes <laughs> with no but you know what i mean without the panel damage type look that many it's manufacturers true. have gone for that it is quite yeah. a clean look on the side but if you spend time you go oh well actually there's a there is actually a lot of angles around the wheel arches there is a line that comes from around the back of the rear window of the passenger mm. side of the door and that sort of stuff to which you can see leads Across the sides, without it being so overtly slashed, dented, yes. creased, etc.
0: Whichever is the politically correct term that the manufacturer wishes I to use. I think it's crease. I think it's <laughs> crease. Creases are acceptable. Dents and dents are not. <laughs> but uh, either way, it's pretty, you know, for a B segment SUV. Bearing in mind that this previously has been brought us such delights as the as the original Vauxhall Mocker and the Ford EcoSport, and also many vehicles which people just don't notice on the road, like the Hyundai Bayon, then it's relatively distinctive.
1: It doesn't look like it's about to tip over.
0: No, and it, well, we'll come to the driving later, but but yeah, it, it doesn't, it neither looks nor feels like it's about to tip over. I think it looks good. I wish the front was a bit more more defined. It's a bit more purpose. Just a yes. bit more. Okay, come on then, inside then. As usual, we shall start at the boot. Please. Boot, decent size. I actually had to take this places with a suitcase and things, which is a shock to my system more than the car's system. (laughs) It's a relatively shallow boot as standard. That's because it has the lid to the undercroft is split in two lengthways. Turns out there's a name for that. It's called a smart cargo system. And I quote, Is it? Which permits part or all of the floor section to be lowered so larger and taller items can be carried. It's all right. I mean, I prefer the sort of Hyundai slides back down, lower down type setup, but it's it's fine. I guess you can have shallow items in half the boot and, or 60 or 40% of the boot and deeper items in the other 60 or 40% of the boot, but I, I didn't really get it. It does it. Yay. Okay. and it's used i guess it's useful there's also a 12 volt socket in the boot which is quite nice you, you know we remember how much that cost on a bmw a couple of years ago uh so so it's always so I, you have to subscribe today don't you <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yes. There are, one thing there aren't are... Uh, I am looking uh, around the boot. <laughs> yes, there are no curry hooks. Uh, however, with the undercraft in place, there are useful side storage bays. I did see Which those. sort of go off into the wing, and, and so you could perch stuff in there. Okay. Other thing is the luggage cover is very much a luggage cover and not a parcel shelf. It is a fancy hoop with some fabric across it.
1: Uh, I was going to say, it looks like if you coated it in gold or silver film you could use it as a reflector for a photo shoot it is exactly
0: that it's the same idea it may even be the same part i didn't actually check as the gr yaris uh, okay well. so it's very much a, a luggage cover no but it's weight saving it's very important well it is actually yeah i don't know if you're being facetious sorry i am being, being,
1: being facetious so but to be fair it does exactly all it needs to do so why, yes. uh, why and, build And you shouldn't else? really
0: be putting stuff on parcel shelves anyway, because no. when you break, then they slide forward. Yeah, Boot capacity, 397 litres with the seats up. Uh, that includes the undercroft. In other words, without the smart cargo system. And it's 1,097 litres with the seats down. Uh, seat backs split 40-20-40 on the XL. That means that the middle 20 folds down to give you an armrest or a through hatch of course but an armrest with two cup holders, lower spec cars it's a 60-40 split okay right. Like talking to the back seats then what's it like back there uh, it's kind of cozy for foot space uh, knee and headroom are B segment standard okay so it's not exactly roomy To be honest, Uh, it's a B segment. um, And the the pictures,
1: that's your, uh, for the driver's seat, that's your normal position, right? So that would be. Yeah, that's me
0: sitting behind myself
1: in good You wouldn't be a million miles off me. So that, uh, because obviously the front passenger, you you could move forward because you're not having Hmm. the leg room isn't quite as critical. Yeah. Okay that gives me a good indication. There is leg room there but it isn't it, you have to acknowledge the size of the vehicle anyway.
0: Yes, I was sitting quite low and reclined and I certainly had plenty of space up front.
1: Well, you're the most important person.
0: Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I always am. Uh you wouldn't want to be back there for particularly long if you're lanky but it's for the vehicle size it's fine. Outer rear seats are actually quite well sculpted, quite heavily sculpted in the the squab uh, in the in the lower cushion means that the centre seat is slightly higher. It is flat, but it's not very big. does seem like
1: two and a half, two and a third seats.
0: Yeah, it's an occasional use. You wouldn't want to put even the smallest windscreen in there for any time these days. not really. No, not without too much, a lot of whinging really. One thing that's worth mentioning is that in the back, the back doors do have convenient bottle holder, stroke cubby holds in them as well. So Mm -hmm. nice practical touch there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good to see that.
0: The front. Hugely familiar to anyone driving any format of current generation Yaris. Uh, The binnacle is different from the five-door hatch. It has a single screen and uh, a couple of auxiliary dials for fuel and temperature. And I don't know what the term is, really. In the olden days, you used to say it was a rev counter, but it's not a rev counter. It's the am I charging, am I using a little energy usage thing. Yes. Engine usage gauge yeah. and that's instead of the googly eye type dashboard that the Aris hatch has i'm going for googly eyes quite a lot tonight. <laughs> oh, it was this that triggered the early one because they always look like a little baby fish with the you know because it's got the two separate dials on on the hatch one of which shows you your speed and the other one shows a num one of any number of different things a steering again, wheel moving on, again, moving I would on. Like the to steering wheel
1: point all toyota PR <laughs> Quiet. people towards my colleague whose number you have <laughs>
0: Steering wheel is the same as the Igo Cross, the Yaris, and the GR Yaris. Give or take a couple of bits of plastic trim and some different colored stitching. It's essentially the same part. It holds all the controls for the driver assist systems, the cruise control. When I say driver assist systems, I mean the adaptive cruise control and the turning off the lane departure warning. Uh, which can be done in one firm thumb press. Excellent. As well as controls for the stereo and stuff. Yeah, 10 second hold on the button and it's all off.
1: Uh, We will continue to highlight companies that do make that
0: an easy on-off. Hmm. Not you, Honda. Stand back. rest of the dash is pure yaris there's the eight inch touchscreen with physical buttons and knobs around it which is conveniently and pleasantly right hand drive good work folks and it's clear and it's easy to use and it's much better than the old touch 2 system that i'm used to there is carplay this model had nav anyway uh, because it was an excel if you have a dynamic you get a different No, if you go for the tech pack, you get a different connected nav system as opposed to the touch nav system. It's all very complicated. I didn't have that, so it was relatively easy to use. Under the screen, there's air vents and a cubby in front of the air vents, which are all kind of hidden. And then there's the same dual zone climate controls that you see in many small Toyota these days. Okay. Under that, heated seat switch, USB socket, another cubby hole, 12-volt socket there as well. Okay. Back from that and moving towards the gear lever, there were parking sensor and parking camera controls. Mm-hmm. Those came as part of City Pack.
1: So the camera controls—is that like the 360 from the top?
0: Yeah, it's for turning it on if you're going into it, driving back. forwards into a space. Yeah. it's for activating the automatic parking, which we should talk about later on. Okay, the Ooh. Uh, ooh, i know uh, there's a video which will accompany this which will be on the uh if you go to mushroompodcast.com then i will put the, the video in there
1: if it's up it will be in the show notes as well yes
0: uh what was i back from that parking sensor camera controls drive selector which just feels like a traditional auto selecty box it's nothing fancy or digital but it's got quite a nice it's got quite a nice heft to it actually Nice to use. Electronic handbrake. I mean, stuff like the drive mode selectors, uh, electronic handbrake, they poked a couple of times and then just left alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just worked. Um, I spent my whole time in normal. I put it into sport. It went a bit more, uh, which I wasn't too fussed about. It sort of held revs and, and made noise and didn't go into electric. And I put it into eco and it was just a bit slow. So I just left it in normal okay. because I figured that that's what normal people use. Materials inside were all fine they were quite nice with nothing scratchy or hard or offensive it's quite nice to see the sort of top of the dash was sort of was dark brown as opposed to being black or gray and that worked quite nicely with the uh, the seat fabric uh, seats had leather or leather-esque uh, bolsters and fabric centers
1: those seats actually look really nicely sculpted
0: and will grip you fantastically comfortable they were just really comfy. You never felt that you were wibbling around anywhere, even whenever you were driving on country roads. But I had this to, well, I had to Millbrook and back, and I had it to, well, I had London and back, and then Millbrook and back. So I covered about 400-odd miles, and driving to sort of the south of the Thames in London is a good 100-odd miles, and it takes two hours uh, at least. And they were really comfy. So they were just nice They were just comfortable yeah
1: it just looks a really nice seat and area to sit in to be honest from the pictures
0: well we'll come to the driving but you know i don't want to give too much away but it's just an it's a light and easy thing to drive so that and the comfy seats make it really quite relaxing and and not a stressful place to be it's it's it does exactly what it says on the tin car really um last but not least obviously sitting in said seats visibility out is excellent very easy To position the car, know where the corners are, both in car parks and when you've discovered you're in the wrong lane in congestion. That I'm told, others have said. "Mm -hmm." Second-hand information, that one.
1: How's it out the back? Because of all the exterior, that obviously the back is the smallest aperture, but it's still fairly decent.
0: There was a reversing camera, so I didn't, and good-sized mirrors, so I didn't really care. one thing is the rear outer headrests are sort of tall you know obviously they plug into the top of the seat Mm. but they are always tall so in some toyotas over the last few years for example my own car the rear headrests for the outer seats they slip right down over the top of the top of the seat Mm -hmm. but then people never pull them up And then they go, oh, it's uncomfortable back here. They never actually put the headrest into position. Here, they're already in position for you. It's only the middle seat where you you should pop up the headrest before someone uses it. But it means that you don't have three headrests blocking. And if you turn, you can look through between the two outer headrests. And you get a decent enough view. But big mirrors and a reversing camera, I'm afraid. Sorry, bad habits, I know. But there we go.
1: But hang on. You oh, no. actually give people a lift in the back of your car. I thought that's why you wanted a three door.
0: Oh, I didn't say that. I actually, had that. Vergi- verging into drink territory, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say I actually had people in the back of this, other than myself, dirtying the dirtying the floor mats <laughs> once. Yeah. yeah, there's room in the back here. That's it. Fine, done. Tick. I've opened all the doors. I've closed all the doors again. I do not need to open them again. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, come on. Talk to us about the driving then, because you, you sound like you've done some... To Millbrook and back uh, at the times you were doing it would be you getting there with purpose. And if you're going into South London and back again, that's a, just a pain in the backside. Uh-huh. So talk us through what it's like in
0: so, real-world conditions with this... So, Sorry, about 400 miles over the week I had this. Uh, enough that I felt I needed to put fuel... Now, in theory, that should have been just about a tank full, but I did actually put some tank, some fuel in so that people could get back to creepy-crawly in it. What, you mean you didn't want to just, just say to, sure. to the chap, yeah, you're going to have to push it two miles to the nearest petrol station? <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not that kind of motoring people.
1: No, we're not. So there's uh, hybrid in this, right?
0: How much... Yes hybridness comes through there is as much oh sorry i thought you didn't know how much hybridness is that and i was going to say there's as much hybridness as it's as hybrid as you can be without having to plug it in okay okay so what
1: did that what does that mean in real terms are you driving if you're going around your town to say the shops and stuff mm. is that purely electric or is it electric off the line is it a boost to take out the drag on the engine what, what are we thinking it's
0: it's most in all honesty. It's mostly electric with the occasional boost to boost the electricness.
1: Okay, so this is, we are way beyond a mild hybrid.
0: Um, Oh, no, it will drive quite happily for many miles on electric. Okay. And it spends quite a lot of its time in that, especially when you're in slower traffic, obviously, or or, or sitting still. But I took it to a SMMT test day at Millbrook, and it's 50 miles each way, roughly. 50-mile drive home, according to the car, took an hour and 14 minutes. It told me it spent fifty-one percent of that time with the engine turned off, in electric mode. That's quite remarkable, really, on cross-country roads. And and there's you know that that's cross-country on A roads and stuff. And now bear in mind that that is time and not distance.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: But even then, it's quite impressive. So if you have gone down a hill. It'll revert to, to to being an EV.
1: So this is this is sort of taking you know where the, the like ten fifteen years ago people were saying, oh my very clever engine shuts down banks of cylinders as we go along. Mm-hmm. This is sort of taking that to the next level, but with electricity as well. Yeah, and
0: it and it will do it up to quite you know, and it's not as if it stops doing that at thirty miles an hour or something. It okay. will quite eat. It, it will sit there and shut itself off even on the level or going slightly uphill. On the motorway at motorway speeds.
1: I'm sorry to labour this so point it, because well, there is there's so many variations of yeah an electrified car these no, days d- d- that we go from a large alternator to it is fully electric for you know three hundred odd miles, and it's.
0: I'm not using the phrase.
1: We're not. No, we're not going to use the phrase. I'm desperately not
0: using the the, the the phrase, but there is enough battery there that it does do meaningful amounts of pottering about.
1: And how does it recharge? Is it recharging
0: on braking? It's it's both regen, it's regenerative braking, uh, and obviously it's the petrol engine recharges it as well. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. That drive, in fact, over the time I had it, over those 400 miles of mixed use driving, including motorways and pottering around town here, and even the occasional little hoon bit, 58.2 miles per gallon. That's great. On the cheapest liquid fuel you can put in a car at the minute that's not to be sniffed at it really isn't and that was bang in the middle of the of the wltp ratings in fact it's slightly to the upper end of the wltp ratings and i wasn't driving in any special way in order to you're in normal you're in i was in normal and i was just driving the way it was happy to be driven at normal speeds to go places that I needed to go rather than doing any hypermiling or anything. So if you're hypermiling, you could get ridiculous, I'm sure.
1: And if we look at the type of car previously, one would try and buy for this job, it would be a diesel
0: Mm. and Mm -hmm. you've removed,
1: you've removed the, well, it's either a petrol and you've got significantly less miles per gallon or it's Mm. diesel and you've got the risk of a clogged-up um, particulate filter, DPS, you? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you do. In a modern one, yeah, you you yeah. wouldn't want for, for this kind of thing. Worth mentioning, I mean, that was the 50-mile drive home, specifically from Millbrook, having, having spent the day hooning around there. 200-mile trot, Corby to central London and back. Similar story, despite sitting on the A1 at the, the speed of the traffic on the A1, despite sitting on the M1 on the way home at the speed of the traffic on the M1. About 45% of the t- total time was spent in EV mode. Essentially, if you added it all together, that normally means that you drove to basically drove past the M25 and where you first start meeting roads, so North Circular type way, way on petrol, and then the rest of it would have, it could all have been electric. It, the equivalent, it didn't happen quite like that, but that's the equivalent. Time wise mm-hmm. for me, that trip involved crossing Hyde Park Corner twice. <laughs> I hate driving around Hyde Park. Sorry, corner. I have to laugh at you twice now. So I, I use my standard technique uh, okay. with this car. Uh, standard technique being the one I've had to employ only a couple of times before because once you've driven Hyde Park Corner once, you try not to do it again. In fact, the last time I did it, I think it was a hydrogen Hyundai. Which was left-hand drive, wasn't it? Which was left-hand drive. Oh, wow. And, oh, and one of only a couple in the country. So that was, wasn't was stressful. <laughs> so I, I used my standard technique uh, with well, this. Which is mean? Did it quite well. Uh, well, what happens is as you enter Hyde Park Corner, you start the swear word then, and you don't finish the swear word until you leave it. worked much better in an NDMX5 because you were fast enough that you could just go round everything else. <laughs> In this, it was actually busier than it was the time I had to do it in the MX. Yeah, it, it did it just fine. But again, that visibility actually really played into its hands there and the big mirrors because you could make sure that there were no morons around you. Okay. Uh, taxi drivers, bus drivers, any of these kind of things. Uh, but it also is a surprising test of handling. Uh, but it's all right. You didn't, weren't going there, you know, using the swear word because you were scared you were going to fall over or anything as you accelerated into Hyde Park Corner to try and make sure you were in the correct lanes. I thought it was
1: just to escape the gravitational pull. Well,
0: yes, it's that too. Yeah, <laughs> but it 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 actually handled quite quite well. Generally, it handled handled pretty well it it's just, it's confidence th-
1: inducing where you knew it was going ha- it was going to do what you expected it, it to do it never yeah.
0: did anything surprising or uncomfortable mm-hmm. there were no odd lurches as you entered corners um, hello mocker just nothing like that it was very secure it was fine at speed it was it was good on the back roads the ride even on the 18 inch wheels which is the largest standard ones was particularly good and particularly noteworthy um, oh, really? It rode really quite nicely. Good. Even across the bad uh, the the bad roads. Other thing, part of the Hyde Park Corner test, of course, transmission reacts near instantaneously to inputs. So even if the noises don't react straight away, if you put your foot down, this will start to go. There is no hesitancy or lag. If you've driven older Yaris hybrids, so the pre the current version, that is a marked difference. Mm-hmm. So if you're judging Yaris hybrids on the old ones that look a bit like my GRMN, don't. Very, very different. Absolutely different behavior. If you really mash the accelerator hard, it will rev the engine, it will make mooey noises, it won't be great sounding, but it will gather pace and then it will settle down as quickly as it possibly can do. It never actually felt slow, especially not off the line.
1: Was that the electricness helping it? Do you think,
0: or it, it was a bit? It was a bit of both. So, of course, the electric would would, would start it, and then it would it, then it would yeah, kick yeah. in. I think, yeah. I think it was just everything working together rather than one specific uh, dimension uh, of, Good. of the drivetrain.
1: No, I, I'm I'm pleased with that because I have to say the the lag in a, an engine being or, or an accelerator being pressed and an engine doing something is. Really, quite tedious.
0: A lot of that is this is a very European developed car, and uh, in Europe we and this is one of the things kind of I can't remember if it was covered in the interview in the about the Igo cross, but I know it was something that was chatted about, is the fact that in Europe people are sharper off the line than they are, say, in Japan. So many of the hybrids originally developed in Japan or in the US didn't necessarily translate very well for our European driving style, which tends to be sharper off the line.
1: Well, we've got all uh, the grand prix here, haven't we? You
0: know. Well, that's exactly what it is, yeah. But but that's why they they bogged down. And and remember, current generation Nissan Duke stuff like roundabouts and Milton Keynes, and how the CVT in the Duke was developed specifically for Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. um, because this was something that was, the Japanese engineers simply didn't understand was the European approach to roundabouts. Uh, Just didn't than have that experience. Didn't have that exposure to that. Exactly. what our peculiarities
1: are of that sort of thing.
0: Exactly. So as a result, this is far more European. And and we touched on it with with, with Stampeters in there uh, Mm. and the Igo Cross Refuser. Tech. There was quite Mm. a bit of it. So this had both the City and the Advanced Safety Packs. There was a separate tech pack. Please don't ask me what's in it because I forgot to copy and paste that from the press release. This contained the 8-inch Toyota Touch with Go Navigation, 360-degree panoramic view monitor uh so that's I was using the same display but it's cameras right around the car mm-hmm. advanced parking assist which was really cool we'll talk about that in a second uh, wi-fi and voice recognition i don't know i didn't play with that uh, i generally assume that voice recognition doesn't work in cars uh it's, it's quite bad i should test it more
1: we go for where we know will work which is apple carplay in our instance and yeah. I know other people have a lot of confidence in Android Auto because that's what they are used to using. Exactly. And we use those, and they will mostly, depending yeah, on most which of version the you've got, mostly work, depending, again, on your accent and stuff like that. So <laughs> typically we won't try the manufacturer's stuff.
0: Well, not not for that kind of stuff. I mean, it's got the sat-nav and everything, and I looked at it and went, oh, that's the same as the sat-nav in my own car. <laughs> and that was it. I'm sorry. It was it was a case of, I know that sat It's fine. Wasn't the iGo sat No, it wasn't the iGo X sat It also had front and rear parking sensors with intelligent clearance sonar and automatic braking and rear cross traffic alert and blind spot monitoring. What is intelligent clearance sonar? Is that as you come up to something? I don't know. I just copied and pasted at that point, Andrew.
1: No, oh, but this is a slight problem again this is you and me a problem for you and me we are coming across the companies call it something but what it actually is we may recognize as something else i'm presuming that that's as you come up to right. objects that they don't need a camera
0: for <clears throat> parking is also made easier and safer with intelligent clearance sonars an option on high-grade models again with auto braking and an optional panoramic view monitor giving a real-time speaker it doesn't tell me
1: it'll be front sensors
0: well it does have front sensors too but i think it's the rear cross traffic alert thing where it will put the brakes on if it thinks you're going too far and that works either forwards or backwards in this i believe yeah or sean connery comes out and goes one ping only (laughs) yes (laughs) i wasn't sure where that was going that was the cleaner version of what i thought
1: so a Advanced parking assist. Come on, I love this. You've teased us twice
0: now. This This, actually. So I've had a couple of cars recently. There's there was a a Genesis uh, G70, which we'll talk about uh, very soon, and there was this, and you had it in the reason for testing these is because you had it in something, and I said, did you try it? And you went, no, I didn't try it. So this was me trying it, Mm -hmm. but this was particularly easy to use. Okay. And it's it's relatively low-fi, and it's not being overly fancy with animations or that. and it doesn't shift automatically between going forwards and going backwards like Genesis One does. Oh, Okay, you do have to sort of manually change it.
1: But you are in a
0: B segment. But you're hatch. in a B segment <laughs> SUV. This is the bit that you have to Sorry, remember SUV, here. Yeah. yeah, but it's really quite clever. So it's you put it on, you it identifies a whole row of, of parking potential parking spaces for you. Uh, and picks out one that it figures is going to be easiest. You can choose others. If it's realized there's more than one handy, you can tell it whether you want to parallel park or you want to reverse in mm-hmm. as well. And it's really quite easy just by tapping on the screen. You you do it by holding down the cameras button beside the gear stick to start off with. And then you choose the appropriate options on the screen. Uh, you tell it to go it tells you to take your foot off the brake and it starts moving and steering for you. And sure enough, I tried this a couple of times in different car parks and it was flawless. It was really very good. Even when there were other vehicles opposite and things and it didn't have the full run of the place, it asked me to when to put my foot on the brake and when to take it off. Well, no, it didn't actually. It did that itself. I just had to change it between going forwards and going backwards. And each time it put the car perfectly in the space on the first go in a way that I wish I could do every time. It was smooth. It didn't feel robotic. It didn't feel uncomfortable. It wasn't jerky. It was really impressive. And then to crown it all, it does a little zoomy sort of zoom around the car at the end to sort of show you where your car should be sitting in the space as if, look at me, look how clever I am. And that actually made it like some little Gran Turismo animation. It was very cool. It made me chuckle a lot.
1: How did it feel as the person in the driver's seat?
0: It was not
1: not the mechanics, but the going through that.
0: It was all right. Part of my problem.
1: This is part of my problem. When I see them is like, you're asking me to give up an awful lot of control.
0: So, I, I mean, I, I kept my foot right above the seat. I kept my hands very near the steering wheel as it burled around one way and the other way. But it actually felt all right. Okay. It was good at saying what it was doing. And because you were, you could choose, you chose when you were going forwards or backwards, then you did still have control. And you could have put your foot on the brake and just stopped it at any moment.
1: So you felt part of the loop Mm -hmm. and therefore part in control. Yes. And therefore that helped with the levels of comfort, unlike if it had just decided, if you'd rolled up and gone, oh, park please. And then it went right. Step away, please. While I do all this metaphorically.
0: Yeah. We will talk about the Genesis one next time. This is a nice first step of that technology. It's very nice. Very nicely done. Actually, I'd say this is a second or third step because it worked very well.
1: But I mean, as in you're still involved, but it's doing so much of it. Yes. Vicious. Absolutely. Interesting. I will give this a go the next time I have a car that has Yeah, this. you need to I find a,
0: a quieter corner of the Morrison's car park and, and just have a shot because that kind yeah, yeah, of reversing into a space I can, I can
1: do it in without fear of denting
0: anyone or the mm. car. <laughs> so I will try that. This one it says memory function means the system can store and recognise frequently used parking spots as well. I, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't try that. Oh, you maybe could have. De-
1: could you have done it for
0: your house? No, because it's not marked. My driveway isn't delineated. Oh, enough. it needs it needs markings. It does to need work mark- off. Yes, it okay. needs markings. Yes, okay. Markings to work off. So that that's how it how it knows to instead mm-hmm. needs markings to work off, uh, or just two vehicles or a vehicle marking. If it's uh, if it's parallel parking, generally that's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay,
1: that makes that makes sense.
0: Oh, very smart. I always feel I I skip over the technology parts of stuff, so I was all kind of happy whenever I discovered that.
1: Well, that brings us round to a verdict. Now you're sounding quite positive about all this. Hmm. Definitely considering the segments it's in, what it can do. The frankly. Impressive amounts of technology that are in there for a B segment SUV, even though we are going towards potentially a £30,000 range. If you buy it in one go,
0: yeah, I mean, remember that's on the upper end of the uh, upper end, so you are towards high, you are high 20s by the point that you've got that at least, touching 30.
1: I forgot to ask though, what was the monthlies
0: for this? Monthlies came in at three aspect. Using the completely standard example, so, came in. They came in at three hundred eighty-seven thirty-five a month, but that was really okay. quite a low amount down.
1: Is that like two and a half, three grand down, and was something like six that, to where, eight grand, uh, six to eight thousand miles a year, that sort of yeah, thing?
0: Yeah, so people would normally have a bit more to put down than that, but the mileage seems reasonable for the the average of these. So it's quite expensive, but then the monthlies aren't bad because it's expected to really hold its value. Three hundred.
1: For for all you've described so far, does sound okay. So
0: actually. you've got well, you've got sixty odd to sixty odd to the gallon, dual zone climate control, heated seats, leather seats, quite a lot of toys, <laughs> all the toys, and that price is including the options as as spec as yeah. as included on the press car. More toys than you can shake a stick at. You're
1: jacked up, so you've got the higher. Mm-hmm. higher seating position better visibility but but
0: not a bigger footprint mm-hmm. mm. it's really good at being a car that's <laughs> the thing that i want as a takeaway this is really good at being a car us car people wouldn't necessarily choose it because we'd go oh but uh, i'd rather have the this one with the bigger engine or whatever or something sporty. you know oh for that kind of money i would you know for that kind of money i would have a Hyundai i20n It's like great yes but but plenty of others wouldn't
1: for everything you're saying it doesn't sound like it's mega exciting and i don't mean that in a bad way by the way i'm not i'm not saying that but i am but it sounds like it is incredibly good at doing the, the thing that most
0: people need a car to do most of the time there's a big difference between mojo exciting and just general competence yeah, yeah. This has general competence in in bag loads. As long as as long as the interior is the right size for you, I don't know. It's it's hard not. It, it's it's going to be a car that we recommend to people. In fact, I've already is done. In fact, I've already done that and sold one. I'll Hashtag take my influence a bag, bag. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at, at least I've I've already sold at least one. My mom really wants to know what it's like because she likes to look at them. Just lots of two. Stuff like that. Yeah, no. She'll look at the price and (laughs) go. But yeah, this is a phenomenally competent car. I don't know what else to say other than that. Really,
1: and that's not a slight. That is actually that by saying competent is not a slight. No, we have to remember, and so many of us who make content about cars or who listen to content about cars, we're really
0: excited about cars. You're choosing content about cars people yes you, you're not normal <laughs> that's what it that's what it boils down to you're not normal no
1: you you are a part of a special not normal tribe
0: <laughs> yeah but this is a car that you could recommend to a friend a colleague to family spouse and- and spouse. and you would know that it. was no, they're never going to listen to you. Uh, and then you, but you'd know that it was a safe bet, but also a good bet. Mm. And it's premium enough that it doesn't have one of the Korean badges because some people still get funny about that. Yeah. What, what should I buy? That's electrical hybrid or whatever. That's sort of, sort of a bit bigger than a Fiesta or something. And it's like, uh, here it's crossed. Mm. It's the default for any of that kind of thing. No. Yeah. That's really interesting. Awesome. Good. I, I really enjoyed it. It was one of those ones where I was like, oh, oh, you could have stayed for a little longer if you wanted. Not, oh, I'm really sad that's leaving, but.
1: You fitted in my life seamlessly and easily. Yeah. And you were not a hassle in any way.
0: No, no, exactly. I, I couldn't really find anything
1: that I disliked about it. There There's a lot to be said about that with cars and, and
0: most of our journeys today. mm mm-hmm. And I gave it, I think journey-wise, I think I gave it a fair Oh, my word, yes. You, you gave it some stick. A bit of everything, yeah. Anyway, I think that's us for this time. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't forget that between now and the next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app. Let's you do such a thing uh andrew in the meantime what's the best way for people to get in touch with you best way to get in touch with me is via
1: twitter if you
0: search for crack
1: wintering you should find me there and alan if people feel that perhaps amazingly that there is something else they could <laughs> glean from you about the <laughs> yaris cross what's the best way for them to do that personally? i am
0: dry of yaris cross information by this point you can get in touch with me on twitter where i'm at ajp bradley, That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We will be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.